My uh, my um, my grandfather was a really good card player. He used to gamble a lot. He almost gambled our my 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 dad's house away when he was younger. <laughs> so that doesn't mean awesome he's pretty story. good. That means he's pretty bad. <laughs> no, no, but he was good at he was good at um, shuffling cards. He always used to show me card tricks. Oh, okay. He, and, and and he was he was just really little... crap at betting. Then he was very good at shuffling, but very crap at betting. Yeah, one time he lost a bunch of money at the the racetrack, and he brought my dad and my my uncle. <laughs> he was a good grandfather, and he uh, he got so mad. He's like, "You two are finding your own way home," and he just drove away. And my uncle, because my dad's the oldest, my uncle just starts crying, and my dad's like. 11 and he's hugging him he's like it's okay everything's gonna be all right <laughs> this is gonna make for the most terrible opening of this show ever What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 56 of Podcast Reload, a general gaming podcast where we invite Sifted.net community guests from around the world onto the show to talk about video games and the games industry in all its weird ways. I am your host, the Soul Japan dweller, Evan Piotrowski, and joining us today are two Sifted community guests, Keith, a.k.a. McWombo. Oh, no one will hear the wave. That probably won't work. Hi. <laughs> That's fine. And Matt, a.k.a. Burkoff. What's going on, guys? Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it, as always. What it would... Actually, you know, I don't want to do this, because every time I have recurring guests on, I always ask them how many times they've been on. It like doesn't even fucking matter. It's kind of a waste of space, and so is this explanation. So, uh... I think that I'm up to okay. six. This uh, will be my to, sixth enough appearance. to know that every time I come on, you talk about Yakuza. Yeah, I feel... Unfortunately, I actually just played a new new one of those, so we'll see how far we get. <laughs> it's just, I, I'm either always playing it, and so it doesn't matter when you come on, because I'll always have just played a game, or you just, it's bad, just bad luck. Just playing bad luck. Uh, have you guys been on for the video game Vault yet? I, I have. have. Okay. Uh, no. Do you remember... My pick was. Matt, what uh, was your pick? Oh, I can't right. remember. Right. Okay. No. Oh yeah, I oh. do remember listening to that, and I do remember disagreeing <laughs> with you. Um, all right, well, let's just get into it then. This is the podcast reload video game vault. We are making a vault fit for the most noteworthy, historically important, prestigious, or simply awesome video games of all time. If you could pick one to put in a giant video game vault. Uh, to survive an earthly cataclysm, in order for future generations to play and learn from. What would you choose? So, our current list stands as Skyrim, Metal Gear Solid, Fallout 2, Dark Souls, Eco, Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, South Park, The Stick of Truth, The Talos Principle, uh, The Ocarina of Time, Super Mario Odyssey, Persona 4, Final Fantasy Tactics, War of the Lions, and Life is Strange. I will throw it to Keith first. Keith, what are you putting in the video game vault? I am putting into the video game vault the game that gripped me so much that I had to turn it off after becoming so engrossed with cutscenes, Yakuza 0. Are you serious? No, I'm not fucking serious. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I was excited. I was excited for a second. 
I, I was like, oh my god, he's totally. I was like, changed. wow, he must have really liked that fight, um, that battle system. Right. Okay. Because where people will get this when when it comes to later on when we start talking about uh, the main topic, but the only thing I am going to put in the video game vault is the complete edition of the Mass Effect trilogy. All three games, all DLC. All right, I'll, uh, I'll thank accept you that. God. If it comes out, now if only EA would actually release a package with everything included, that would be nice. Yeah, that would be nice. I guess um, we're gonna kind of talk about the series a little bit later, right? So I, I don't know. Is there anything you want to add as to why you're putting it in here? I mean. I think it's a good addition. Um, it is just a freaking amazing uh, sci-fi trilogy. The 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 background that uh, Bioware went into when they released the first game just had me gripped from the point when they they opened the website and said, "Here are the characters. Here are the races. Here's the universe that you're going to be exploring," and they just built on it from there. It is absolute fucking brilliant. Um, I've read uh, the the three um, prequel novels by Drew uh, Carpishin. Uh, I haven't read any of the others because I've heard they're fucking garbage. Um, um, and I've got the uh, Dark Horse uh, graphic novel collection as well. So uh, you could say I'm a minor fan. Uh, yeah. Just a little bit, I suppose. All right. Uh, I guess we'll be talking a bit more about this. And I don't know, most people listening who who have who know about the series, it's kind of a it's a shoe in. I, I agree with it as well. Um, I never got around to the DLC that came out after three. I know there was like there was one that was like super critical to the story with the there's Leviathan and then like Leviathan the the, is all right. Um, what's, what's Citadel. The if you if you if you've not played Citadel, for the love of God, man, load up whatever old system you've got and play that. Uh, I got to. Tu- I don't want to turn my PlayStation Three on. I'm not. Going it's back. worth it. Trust me. <laughs> Is it put whatever stupid freaking Yakuza game down or Octopath bullshit? And <laughs> that is the name of the game. They changed it. It was Project Octopath Traveler. And then they went Octopath Traveler, and they're like, "No, Octopath yeah. bullshit." And and play that honestly, it's it's it, three hours of your life that is will be fulfilling. All right, yeah, it's kind of like the the wrap up with the with the crew in that, right? The set the send off they all deserve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I do want to get around to that DLC in in all honesty because I've heard some decent things about it. Uh, the only DLC I did play was the. I was gonna say the stockbroker. That sounds fun. Uh, the the shadow broker. Layer the shadow yeah. broker. Yeah. Yeah, it's the only one I did. That's the only DLC you did. Okay, it's the it's it's the best and oh, quite shit. possibly okay. one of the best pieces of DLC that was, ever. That, that was, was two, two though, that right? Was two, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, that's two. Yeah, and um, which again is it getting onto the topic that we're talking about so just kind of where the hell is the timeline on to on andromeda anyway i'm getting ahead of myself <laughs> all right um <laughs> matt what are you putting in 
Uh, like, well, I already put. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he put one in. He said Tano's principal. He can he can yeah. choose to change I am, it. I am really curious. No, I'm not going to change it. I am curious though why Keith, why you disagree? Because you with didn't me. put in the mask picture like? you. What the hell is wrong with you? Oh, all right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have your opportunity now. So, in fact, what what the hell was wrong with everyone? I mean, come on, Final Fantasy yeah. Tactics. For fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm surprised that it's the War of the Lions edition and not the I, original. Yeah, like I told you, I, I maybe I didn't. I couldn't get past like the third when I was a kid. I couldn't get past the third battle in Final Fantasy Tactics, so I never saw any of that game. And I was like, I do not like strategy it's... games. That's when I realized I don't, I can't play them. Cause I and just for whoever put Final Fantasy Tactics in, I was being facetious just then. I don't really hate the game. I've never played it. I was just saying it for dramatic effect. I love you all, everyone. Everyone, everywhere, I love <laughs> right, all. Right, Except for people. No, I think uh, I've said on the podcast before, like sometimes I, I'll come off as being very pushy about stuff, but it comes from a background of talking trash in sports, I think. So I, I expect yeah. it coming the other way as well. But I think sometimes people like they, they're just, they're just not, that's not how they, they talk about video games. Why can't you be more positive, like Easy Allies? And like, yes, they're very, very nice. And also, it is everything isn't good all uh, the time. No, including Mass Effect. All right, those are the. So we got, <laughs> we got one. We got the Mass Effect trilogy. Uh, that's what's a big one. It's, it's, it's... If all right, Keith, if you had to pick one game out of the trilogy, which oh, one would you okay. throw in? It'd be two. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think two for me it would be two, one three. I put two in. Can we talk about how much trash the uh, collectors are as a boss? Uh, like, like, like that end boss is is bullshit, dude. But when I got to the very like end, I was like, "Are you serious? Like a ter- a ter- a this is Terminator what I'm." Reaver. Kind of, well, yeah, I don't know. It felt like they, like it wasn't, um, it didn't seem to fit. With like what the was Reavers their plan? They're, they're going to make, they're taking like human juice and making a giant human reaver. Like what was the point of that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't try, I don't take Evan's opinion on anything that he's going to say on this podcast anymore because he said reaver instead of reaper. Oh, oh is it reaper? Sorry. Reaper. I'm going to fuck up all these names. So, by the it's way. Reaper. Yeah. So uh, let's just ignore everything Evan says. <laughs> but yeah, that's my only issue with two. I think two has the best, uh, the best uh, uh, companion quests and stuff. So like all the side characters and all their stories yeah. are amazing. Yeah, it's got the most. It's got the most rounded and complete story. It's. The build-up to the suicide mission, which isn't a suicide mission, really, because how can you have three if two becomes a suicide mission? So all the build-up to that was PR bullshit. Right. Um, but other other than that, it is it is the most complete game out of the three. And I know people trash some of the DLC for two, but um, I quite liked it. Um, some of it was quite samey. Um, and all of this will actually make sense for anyone listening to this and like, why are you talking about games that's so fucking old? Um, it will make sense. <laughs> we promise you, we'll get to the point at some point 
It's Evan's podcast. He needs to lead us there. I'm trying to do it, but he's wearing a shark tank top ah, slash vest for people around the world. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the most beautiful thing that I've ever seen. I'm just too, too bad it's not a video it's podcast. Sorry, listeners. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's bowl, bowl right <laughs> along to uh, what we've been playing this week. Um, Keith, what have you been playing? What have I been playing? I've been playing Dragon's, Dragon's Crown Pro, which I'm really enjoying. Um, my wife and I have been playing that together, actually. Um, Two-player co-op, couch co-op is um, something that I miss quite a lot. Um, yeah. I think it so needs to I. come back. And um, I've been playing uh, by recommendation from um, uh, Podcast Reload host Evan Piotrowski. I've been playing the Amazon uh, called Evan. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? I, I, you, I lost, you lost me. Um, you recommended to me to play the Amazon, and so I named. Oh, oh, the Am- the Amazon. Sorry, I I thought you were just talking about a different. So game. I named I named I, the I, Amazon after you, in honor. Oh, um, can you name them? Yeah, you can name them if you want. <laughs> um, okay. And my wife is playing a dwarf that. named Brian, um, and we're having really good fun playing that. Um, Brian the dwarf, the dwarf. I can't fucking speak. <laughs> Um, so you like it? You like Dragon? Yeah, it's really good fun. Um, it's a bit. It does get a bit repetitive. I mean, because you're only playing through a limited number of levels. But the art styles, the art style, the combat, um, and the way they scale the difficulty is enough to keep you pushing through. Um, just yeah. really enjoying the fact that it's it's something to play couch co-op. Um, something else that I've been playing quite a lot of and enjoying is Mario Plus Rabbids. Um, that is the, quite possibly the, the game on the Switch that I've enjoyed the most. Interesting. So you recently bought your Switch, right? You bought it this year? Okay. Uh, yeah. And I've played... I can't, what have I played? Uh, Mario, Mario Odyssey... Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe this... Uh, a bit of the Octopath Traveler demo um, and um, Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2. And this uh, Mario Plus Rabbids is the one that I'm having the most fun with. Oh, interesting. So you're, you you like like turn-based strategy games? No, it's just a, it's, it's quirky. Hmm. It's, it's just a fun game you can sit down and have five minutes of fun with or you can play for a couple of hours and get really into. Okay. Um, uh, how, are you, how are you playing this? Are you, is it on the TV? Are you doing handheld mode? I, I play oh Switch God. 100% handheld all the time. And the battery life on the Switch is shit. It can be. Uh... Um, it's fucking awful. Um, how can you have a system where it's plugged in and charging and the battery life goes down? Do you turn it off? Uh, or you no, this is while I'm playing it. So plugged in in the wall, I'm playing it. It's plugged in and charging. And the battery life is actually going down. Wait a minute. Are you plane. are you using an officially licensed charger? Yes, oh. I am. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You no, know, no, so, then it should go it should go up or at weird. least stay the I'll, same. I don't I'll know. have to that is not a that is not a charger. Yeah, it should stay the same at least. That's weird. I'll have to try that. I haven't I haven't tried that yet. Um but I think it's just the thing is because I'm playing handheld the whole time. I don't know what what thing they've got running mm. in the background in terms of battery usage. 
Anyway, that's bollocks. Um, and the last thing that I've been playing is Warframe. Is that f- that's free to play, isn't it? Okay. Yes. Uh, it's my first uh, foray into free to play, and again, I'm really enjoying it. Um, whilst there is that, you can smell the grind off it. Oh my god, it's bad. But um, it's not. It's not something that you feel like that you're getting punished for. Um, okay. So I guess that's you you can get you can get level upgrades pretty quickly. But if you want to um, get uh, gear and warframes, um, so new weapons, new um, warframes, in that takes a fuckload of time and effort to gain. And I've realised I'm swearing so much already. Um, now this, this is a wholesome family podcast. Um, but I'm, I know you, Evan, I, I mentioned this yeah. to you and you said, I don't want anything to do with online free to play, but you no. can switch the whole game to Never. solo. You can play the entire thing. But like, what do you, is, is there a beginning and an end to the game? Yeah. There's a proper story through the whole thing. Okay, and there's then... two expansion modes that they brought in. Um, I just don't think it's going to hold my attention when Divinity Original Sin 2 and Spider-Man comes out. That's it's, for, for the lull in video games that's going on at the moment, it's holding my attention. But when, yeah, when that's, that's good. other bigger things come out, it's not going to hold it. The dog days of summer. Did you pre-order your fucking super hideous PS4 Spider-Man special edition? Think. You, I've, I've already got my PS4 Pro, my <laughs> Oreo sandwich, same as you. Yeah, it's delicious. doesn't need anything on it. I've never seen a good uh, limited edition No, they're all horrible. Um, the controller yeah, is pretty sweet, though. Hideous. Yeah, like, controllers, you can get away with more more color schemes and, like, just it, it's being loud. When you put something on your, um, in your entertainment center, it's just like... I bright fucking red PlayStation 4 with the Spider-Man logo on it. It's like, okay. Even the God of War one, the the gray with the... It was just too much. Bit, yeah. just, you know. I saw that uh, I saw that up close yeah. in personal at the at the local video game store here. So someone didn't like it. It was like right after the game came out. <laughs> it's like, did they play God of War on this limited edition PlayStation 4 and then just sell it back? Uh, I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's just a bit too much going on. I just, I like... When you're yes. referencing a video game in some way, but in a more subtle yeah. way, it just doesn't. There's no subtlety to any of those. Uh, before we move editions. on, wait a minute. It's just going to get awkward. Matt, did you pre-order that PS4? Okay. No, I didn't. I don't. I don't. I don't get into any of those special editions for consoles at all. Agreed. I never have. Even when I was a kid, yeah. I thought they were stupid. I, I think it's a unanimous for me. The, the only, the only cool one I've seen is the. The PlayStation One, uh, colored. The PlayStation yeah, but that One wasn't just limited edition. Like that was kind of like 4. ultra limited edition. Like We've only made a few of these. Yeah, it's it's not slightly different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a, yeah. I think one of the coolest things about the Pro is yeah. the little feet, the rubber feet on the four corners. They're 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 each of the the whatever the cross the PlayStation yeah, the controller symbol, symbols. Yeah, yeah. I thought that's a nice touch, even though you'll never see them. 
yeah, the, the sacred symbols. The sacred symbols, if you ask. Before we already. move on, just a, a, a quick fuck you um, <laughs> about Madden 18, because I saw that on sale, and it's bollocks. Mm. It you did is... not like the... Uh... The long shot mode story. oh my god that is terrible um i couldn't even bring myself to finishing the fucking thing it is so bad it is so badly voice acted it's like the the animation's awful you can you can see that they put all of their effort into exactly the same bollocks that all the madden fans want and this was just a tack on thing to try and get some more numpties into buying and then say hey Here's a load of adverts for Madden cards and Madden Ultimate Team. It's the, right. the entire, all the loading screens are an advert for Madden Ultimate Team or Madden 19. And I just, I just can't bring myself to do it. So I played about two hours of it and then I just deleted it because it was just, and it, it, it wasn't a game. It was an advert with a game attached. I have one question. So you had released, a, I think, probably a screenshot on Twitter. It's uh, during story mode. It's the two yeah. main characters sitting in the back of a truck after like Bright a college pink football game. Bottles of... And it looks like they're drinking like yeah. Pepto-Bismol or something. Like, it's, what, it's what are horrible. they drinking? It's like this, horrible. The, the, the this um, op- opaque pink liquid. Next Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> I, I know that athlete, it's, it's athletes awful. often take ice um, baths it, after it games. I didn't know they awful. just down. I'm glad I full bottles of I think it was nine and and I'm going back to my amnesty of Madden from this point onwards. I'm, I'm, All right, yeah. I'm terribly, I'm terribly sorry to, to to kind of pass over to Matt on a downer, but I I used to love Madden, but fuck okay. it. Oh, you gave it a try. No, well, I was curious. Are you guys are you guys Madden fans from back in the day from like the SNES oh, yeah. Genesis and Loved early PlayStation ago, yeah. one? Sixty four, I remember that. Because um, they could not have the license. Sixty four. So they just like color coded um, the teams yeah. and like called it a day. Yeah, it was. Yeah, when when it was when it was an arcade style, it was actually fun. Uh, so I had Madden ninety seven back in the day, and I'm actually if I ever run across a, a used copy mm-hmm. in any of the uh, retro be, stores out here. Cool. I will buy it and stream it. I'll play that. Um, there, just as long as you, just as long as you're drunk. Well, I, yeah, of course I'm gonna have to be trash when I play it. But um, there's there's a scene. So like, if you play the Pro Bowl, right? The Pro Bowl in '96, I guess, took place in um, Hawaii. I think they always took place correctly. in Hawaii until they moved it um, recently. Okay, so. There's a story that Madden they they actually recorded Madden telling this story and he's like, so we're we're taking the train and then we get on the bus <laughs> and then make a right turn and boom straight into the ocean. I've never been able to find it. a clip of that audio anywhere and I like I have to get the game just so that I can put that on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, Madden was notorious like he hated flying. He took a he took a bus everywhere. So right, <laughs> I don't know how he felt about the bus going straight in the ocean. I mean, eventually. Right, it's gonna go back up into uh, into the islands of Hawaii, right? That bus. Right. No, but yeah, it was. It's hilarious, and I just have like this very distinct memory of that moment in that game. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's uh like someone had released um, it was like a it a supercut of uh, it. It was either like video game scenes in video games, and it was like you can picture 
without any sound, you can picture the exact sound effects that are happening at this moment type of thing. Okay. Maybe that's it. That's it for you. It's like you just have this vivid memory of of that line. You know, it's like the the old EA Sports. It's in the game. You know, all those types of things. For, yeah, and that was one of the games that has that at the very beginning. EA yeah. Sports. It's in the game. I think uh, oh, I missed the cameos. The cameos were really good from the players at Pro Bowl. Oh sure. James Harrison picks both Steelers. <laughs> um, and uh, okay, I'll every now and then I, I'll always say, or at the end of the every now and then I'll always say, you like that? I teach English, yes. by the way. Um, <laughs> that at, at not, the end of the not at the end of the goodly. podcast. No, no. Well, it's 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 more about. Yes, my, my can I can I just put in my two favorite Madden games were uh, two thousand one and two thousand eight. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think the because uh, go ahead. One 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 had uh, Eddie George on the cover, and the other had Vince Young. Oh, that makes total sense then. All the rest of garbage. Yep. Titans. I like NFL Quarterback Club. Why do you think? I, why do you think so? Or NFL Blitz. Yeah, but uh, the reason at the end of the episodes, I'll say, you know, you, I'm the stand user uh, on Twitter is because during games when they show like the, the defensive lineup, they often have like a the in the lower Ohio State University. left or right hand corner. Yeah, the they always say the Ohio State University. It's like. I guess you have to say the because it's followed by a vowel, but they, they put so much comical f- emphasis on it. It's like, just put your dick away. Like, it's fine. Like, you <laughs> you love the university that you played for. Like, just just tone it down a little bit. You don't have to say that. So that's why at the end of an episode, I'll say the stand user. Um, but anyways. Yes. The uh, sec- uh, Saskatchewan second grade college. Yeah, it's like oh, okay. That's right, probably that probably is the thing. I don't even know. I know Saskatchewan yeah. is a place, so I just chose it. It sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. Anyway, I'm Matt, go there. <laughs> Matt, please stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, sorry. Uh, ESPN NFL Two K Five is my favorite game, and that was the last year that they, um, uh, EA Sports solely didn't have the license, and I think they saw how that game was so good. Madden. Compared to Madden 2005, they're like, we need to, we need this li- to buy this license. We need to get this license because uh, the NFL 2K well, well, games we'll are getting too good. We'll get into EA bullshit and then... in a little while. Oh, yeah. There you go. Okay, Matt. What, There's the theme. What yeah. have you been playing? I've been playing Skyrim on Switch, Octopath Traveler, and I did have Mass Effect Andromeda on the list, but since we'll get to that later, I will replace it with um, Subsurface Circular. Okay. Um, which do you, which two do you want to talk about the most? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I've heard of two of those games. Okay, so if you guys haven't played Subsurface Circular, it's it's like a three-hour game. Uh, it's a game by uh, Mike Bithell. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Thomas volume, was alone. Uh, uh, Thomas was alone. Yeah. Um, it's really good. It's um, it's kind of just like a like a visual novel almost. Oh, this this but, just came um, out, didn't it? Isn't this his newest game? Yeah, it, it came out not too long ago. It's like six bucks on the Switch store. Um, probably some of the most creative use of the HD Rumble that I've ever had experienced. Um, 
yeah it's really good speculative fiction though like the way that it's written and like this greater world that takes place outside of what you're actually experiencing in the game um totally worth three hours of your time cool and six dollars yeah um and then yeah octopath traveler we can talk about that yeah uh i am going to spare you keith uh i have played the side the yakuza side game called uh Yuga Gotoku Ishin. Oh, Yuga that Gotoku one. Uh, oh, yeah, that, that, I've yeah. heard that's really good. <laughs> it's basically it's it's called uh, <laughs> the name. Well, it never got released in the states, but what it probably would be called is Yakuza Ishin, and Ishin means restoration because it's referring to the Meiji Restoration after Commodore Perry came and told uh, the Tokugawa shogunate, like you, Japan needs to open its borders to trade and commerce, and then they started bringing like guns and cannons and all this stuff from from the West and then power transferred from the Tokugawa Shogunate. Weren't, which weren't it, we talking about the games uh, that Matt was playing? And then somehow we've just ended up with you talking about Yakuza. I know it's your show, but I just don't, I, don't, so, <laughs> I just wanted to throw that so, out there. No, so I've been playing that game, but uh, I've mo- I'm going to spare the conversation about that game. I really, really like it, but it's not that interesting because no one really knows about that part in Japanese history. So, Let's just kind of put together our, our thoughts on Octopath Traveler because I've been playing it as well. So we'll just kind of do what we've been playing at this point. Shall I, shall I, do you mind if I just go through very quickly? Because I literally played about 45 minutes of the demo and I just thought, I know. Oh, I'm, before our thoughts on it? I know I'm going to buy yeah. it. Yeah, what are you? I, I know I'm going to buy you it. You do I'm know you're going to buy it? At the moment okay. I've got other stuff going on, but I know I'm going to get it. So you guys just go for it. Okay, cool. So Matt, what, what do you think? How, how how far into it are you and what do you think i'm still on all the chapter ones for all the characters so i'm still going through and collecting but i so i started off with alfin okay. the apothecary and played played through his initial story and then i went up and got uh theron the thief and i started his story and i was like no i don't really want to play with these characters so then i started a new game and i started with um cyrus the scholar and then um i'm doing ophelia the cleric's uh quest right now but i've obviously i've obviously played through primrose's intro um i've played through olberic's from the original um, demo right so after yeah so i'll probably once i pick up ophelia i'm going to swing back down the other way and um go through and do um tressa the merchant because i haven't experienced her story yet I just got, I and, just got done with hers. Uh, a couple of the others. So, yeah. So I haven't hit the point where like the grind happens, but I'm keeping that in mind based on the reviews. Um, so I'm trying to level up the characters as I go and not have to spend as much time later on in the game. So I'm trying to spread sure. out the grind. Can, can I just throw something in there? Why would you not want to play as Hanit? Who, who, who wouldn't want to control wild beasts? <laughs> uh, that's who I started with. Yes. Yes. I approve. I approve of your choice, Matt. All right. I, this is, for, for everyone listening, I'm shaking my head at Matt right now. Yeah. <laughs> so you, Wasn't the most go. appealing character to me. Uh, I mean, obviously I'll pick her up and I'll go through the, her story. There might be a but, point. Uh, there, well, there, I think there's an interesting point to maybe why you didn't pick her is because uh, <clears throat> it seems more of like a uh, 
a story that we've heard in JRPGs. It's like, oh, she's like a warrior type that controls animals. You're like, or you can be like a merchant or a scholar. It's like, I've never been that character in a JRPG before. Let's let's see where this story is right, going. It's yeah. not just your average warrior on a quest for, you know, insert plot point here type of thing. Like, I think that's an interesting part of like this group of eight people is a lot of them aren't warriors. Their, their stories are like... What was the the the, uh, the scholar? What's his name? C- Cyrus. It's like Cyrus, a, a very yeah. important tome from uh, whatever the school that he he teaches at has been stolen. So he's just looking for this book. It's like, oh, it doesn't have to be about saving the world. Not every not everyone is is no. the chosen ones that are going to band together to defeat the ultimate evil. He's just looking for a book that was stolen. Like I like smaller stories like that, or at least initially, right? Yeah, so like, the interesting thing is, like, I've read all the reviews. Well, I say all the reviews. I don't know how many people have actually reviewed the game, but I read Jason Schreier's review. I read uh, Nadia Oxford's review on Eurogamer or US Gamer. I've read the Game Informer review. Everybody's talking about, like, how crappy the writing is, but I really actually like the writing, um, specifically for what you were just pointing out. Like, these these stories are very personal to the characters and yeah, there might not be, you know, much connectivity between all the characters and like their stories weaving together later on. I don't, I don't know. No, it doesn't I, really does, bother doesn't me that bother much me at all. I'm, I, I'm looking forward to just doing their individual stories. And I actually think the writing is actually pretty, it's, it's, it's good really enough. good. Um, Cause it's, it's on a more adult level than I've ever experienced in a JRPG before. Yeah. I, yeah, like Primrose's story is is pretty uh is pretty pretty heavy there in the beginning. Well, yeah, and no spoilers because I mean this is chapter one. But even in Cyrus's story, um, he has this thing that goes on with his students, and one of the students she's jealous of the way that he uh, is towards another female student, which kind of leads to him getting kicked out of the of the university and going on his quest mm-hmm. to recover this book. You know, it's like that's that, it's it, it, like that premise is good enough. Like, I think that's 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 neat. Um, I'm about like 12 hours in. I have about seven. No, I've I think I have six of the characters. I'm doing Cyrus's story now. So I started with Hanit or Hanit, whatever her name is. And I went counterclockwise around the map. Um, and then I'm coming okay. back up to where you started, actually, Matt. And so I've, yeah, I've played, <laughs> I've played a lot of it and I, I, yeah, I really, really like it. Um, I did a couple side quests. I did a bit of grinding. I just, I like going into towns and switching out my people so I can use their special abilities or whatever they're called, like to inquire about someone. So you learn like hidden right. information and then you can use that to do side quests or challenging people in front of a door that they're blocking the doorway so you can get into the door and, and get a chest and so stuff. Like, I, like, the door, I, yeah. I like all that stuff. And uh, I haven't played a RPG that's in the style of the old school, like 16 bit RPGs. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying in terms of like story structure and just the grind and even the aesthetic, I haven't played a game like this in so long. It's actually just really nice to play a game like this. Just like a well, I think it's interesting too. the The way that um, they did it is very different from. Like, so, like, there's a lot of criticism about how the um, 
the stories don't really connect and it, it, there's a sort of a dissonance between like when a character meets another character and then all of a sudden you're just doing that other character story and there's no like conversation or dialogue between I those think characters Matt, um game face this most recent game face he said that was like the, the biggest part of his that was his biggest issue with the game i think right Right, but think about but think about what they're trying to do and what they have done. They've essentially made an open world Final Fantasy VI. Like, if you could go through and just pick up the characters whenever you wanted, that's kind of what the way that they they have developed this game and approached it. And you no, know, I don't I don't think there's any other game that's quite like that. Um, even uh, Suikoden Two, where you have like you know hundreds of characters that you can pick up, none of them really have like significant stories behind them right um, right there, there is the, a bit of dialogue but they just kind of get absorbed into the party um, the, sorry to sorry to button but I've, I've dabbled very lightly with jrpgs and mainly found them to mainly found the writing to be hugely contrived and to the point of being annoying <laughs> and, right yeah um, it depends hit or miss yeah, no, uh, and I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to this uh, after a few minutes I've played um, less than an hour, I just thought, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can see me really getting into this. And the the way that people who I've heard speak about it or write about it and hear you two guys talking about it, I just know that I'm, I'm going to have fun with it. That's kind of the way that I look at it. Like, I'm just trying to have some fun with it and escape. You know, I I'm the type of person that will sit down and you know read a fantasy novel at the end of the night this is how are you finding sorry to kind of skip skip you on is it how are you finding um skyrim on switch because I, I i gave up on skyrim on ps4 i i like it um but then again i dumped probably 120 hours into it when it first came out ouch so I'm curious to see if I encounter any of the same type of bugs. Cause like I had one character that I'd spent around 80 hours on and I couldn't find an early enough save to escape the bug that I hit. And basically every time my character touched water, the game would freeze. So, I mean, at this point, like I don't really. Cause what, for the thing for me is for someone like you, it's obvious um, who I know played it on a different system. Um, are you are you playing it traveling? Are you playing it handheld? Are you playing it docked and handheld? Like 80, 80 to ninety percent of the time that I play my Switch okay. is handheld. So you're similar um, to me in how you how you use Switch because I use mine one hundred percent handheld. Yeah, it's the system that I will you know um, sit in bed at night with, or you know if my if my wife's on the TV, if she's playing something else on the PS4, or she's watching something else, I'm. I'm I'm playing it handheld, just so we can be in the same room, you know. Yeah, that's exactly the same as my wife and I. So, um, I I don't mind it. I've gotten used to the Joy Cons, um, and Skyrim's not that intensive that you need super precision anyway. Like once you hit a certain level, uh, you're taking out all the enemies pretty easy anyway. You know, and I'm I'm playing Skyrim. I I always sneak with a bow. So I'm always taking out enemies like before they even see me. 
so none of the, the yeah, kind of graphical of the downgrades that they've had to make to get it onto the switch are really that evident or or, or rather are they evident and you just you can just ignore it i haven't played i haven't i, I haven't played yeah. it on ps4 i haven't played it okay. on ps4 and i think that it looks better than it does on the ps3 so it looks better on the switch than it did when i played it this, the last this might time. be the only case where i will allow it is your show you can allow what you want um like it's i think it's okay to play this game in handheld mode <laughs> i think it's okay to play this game in handheld mode because <laughs> you've you've played it you've played it on the big screen so <laughs> probably how many hours have you played on a tv it, it's actually kind of novel to be like wow i'm playing the switch that's the switch i'm playing skyrim on this really small screen in handheld mode this is kind of cool so yeah yeah, exactly. And that, that was one of the things that, like, um, the Steam Boy or the, um, I can't remember what the hell else it was called. They had this project that they were doing where it was essentially a handheld computer with the Steam controller okay. split in half and on either side. And it never it never came to fruition. But that was one of the things that I was thinking about was, like, Skyrim. That would be awesome to play on the go or in a handheld. And, and now you can. here it is on the Switch, you know. That's, yeah, exactly. So anyway, I think we should get into the yes. major discussion where it's going to be very heated and back and forth. Because if I don't get to bed by 1 a.m., right. my wife is going to kill me. So yes. let's, uh, let's jump <laughs> so into let's do that. our main single topic of the show, uh, Mass Defect slash Trash Effect slash the Mass Effect Andromeda Dissection Evisceration. Take your pick. We're going to be talking about uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, and this kind of came about because I had recently played the game and was kind of throwing my thoughts out there on Sifted.net. And then both Matt and Keith, who are massive Effect fans, we started kind of talking wonderful. about, like, well, what, what do you hate about it? And, like, and so we just got in this giant conversation about the Mass Effect trilogy and how it stacks up to Andromeda and the, the good and the bad. And and then we just kind of got to the point and like, hey, let's just let's get on a podcast and, and, and iron all this stuff out. And so that's how this whole thing came about. You're like, that game came out fucking like a year ago, but I just played it. We got into this conversation on Sifted and we decided to do a podcast about it. So, yes, we're going to be talking everything and anything about the Mass Effect trilogy and uh, more specifically Andromeda. But uh, I don't know. Uh, Keith, Matt, where do you, where do you guys want to want to start this one? Can I can I jump in for quickly and just kind of get get a quick feel for where the three of us are on the game before we before we get into discussion? Um, so I'm I'm it's okay as far as I'm concerned. It's it's not it's it's not good. It's okay on the, on the IGN scale. It should be sitting around a seven, which I think it is. On on the sifted scale, it would probably be sitting around someone like a four point five, five point five. Um, in in terms of relation to how long I played the game, um, I pl- I put around about eighty hours into Andromeda um, compared to um, about six hundred 
into the first three games. I played through Mass Effect 1 twice in full, doing all the side quests, all the DLC. Um, I played Mass Effect 2 three times, again, doing everything. And I played Mass Effect 3 three times, doing absolutely everything. I played through Mass Effect Andromeda once. To give you a kind of feel about where I am. Okay. What about you guys? Uh, Matt, so how about yourself coming into this? So I have I have not what finished Andromeda yet. Yeah, um, you're not you're not qualified to review a game unless you complete it. <laughs> we could have had Cartoon Tom on. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I have played the original trilogy all the way through at least three times. Um, so I am a big Mass Effect fan. Um, I'm sort of lukewarm on Andromeda and I sort of, the, the things that I like about the game, what they did do good, um, is what I get wrapped up with. And is part of the reason I have never actually made it to the end. Cause I, I'm so caught up in, um, like the, the interpersonal stories that are happening on the arcs and the, uh, Nexus, that that stuff is always more interesting to me because it's the most like the original trilogy. I totally forgot the fucking Nexus um, existed like like 20 hours in. I'm like, oh, that ship I started on. I, I got to go back there. Like, I completely forgot about that ship. Yeah, and it, cha- it changes It changes and evolves as you get through but the they game, never, too. Like, they never give you a reason to go back. That was one thing. It's like some, some people are going to forget, like, where you started. Like, do a main mission where you have to go back to the Nexus several times. I just... I totally forgot about that ship. We're, we're, we're skipping forward. Evan, how do you feel about the game? <laughs> All right, well, so just the Mass Effect trilogy uh, in general, I started with two because I never owned an Xbox. And so I went in, uh, absolutely loved it, and then I played three and put my carried my save over. And then uh, I played one, the last, which is kind of a weird way to do it, but... I felt fine. No, it's not not for you. <laughs> but I felt. You, I you felt... Uncharted, but you played Uncharted that way. You played. Didn't you play Yakuza that way? Uh, I started with four. Yeah. Uh, Yakuza, yeah. I knew nothing about those characters. Yeah. Well, Uncharted, I started with yeah. two, two, three, four, yeah. one. Yeah. Um, and no, and I, I I've only played the ma- yeah. each of the games once. Uh, I'm not. I don't like going back to games and replaying them. Like usually, when, when I'm done, I move on. But the games are great. Like I still remember a lot about it, uh, two especially, um, and uh, yeah. So I going into this game, I wasn't expecting a lot because I just heard so much, uh, so many negative things about it. But it was seven dollars on the PlayStation PSN sale, and uh, I went from. The first 10 hours of this game are terrible to, okay, I'm kind of into the groove of what you're supposed to be doing here. Go to go to the planet, fill up some side quests, make the air breathable. Give these people air! What are you doing? Give these people air! <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and then I went from, yeah, getting in the groove and saying, you know what? This game is mediocre. And then after I beat it, I started thinking about what this game could have been. And I, I think the game is absolute trash. 
so I, I went from not liking it to thinking it's okay to actually like doubling back and thing. Like, I think this game was like a huge missed opportunity and all the things that I thought I liked, I actually don't. Because What's that? it's your trash opinion because you're, you're disappointed that it is a missed opportunity rather than what you actually played was trash. Because no, I think I, I was would... just tricked into like, because so... If you anyone, know, if, if anyone should like, feel well, tricked into buying this, that would be me because I was a fuckwit that pre-ordered the, the um, not the not the uh, ultimate friggin' edition, like whatever the the deluxe edition is, the one that I got. Okay. The one? Did you get the one with the with the tempest? Uh, yeah, the tempest. No, no, I didn't get that one. It didn't have the tempest. I was gonna. Say, I was gonna... Um, I got I got the digital deluxe edition that got me a pet hijack which you couldn't even touch and oh. I just wanted I I used to massacre those things in Mass Effect One. Um, I think it would have been funny if like you buy the temp the one with that came with a little remote control Tempest and it controls just as Nomad. fucking terrible okay. as it does in the actual game. It like doesn't respond. It like slides around like you're on fucking or, ice or, or whatever whatever <laughs> real life thing you're driving over. The textures pop in just as you get. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. well, that's that. All right, that's the Nomad. That's not the Tempest. Yeah, no, There's I, the I special edition with the Tempest, which is the shit. Quit on that. Oh, and, and then, then oh, the I thought, I thought you... yeah, I meant, I meant the Nomad. Sorry, I thought it only came with a like a remote control Nomad. No, there's a there's about there was a few different editions that they released globally. Oh, okay. There's um, a yeah. So the the limited edition with the with the Tempest model, you can still I can go down to Best Buy down the street from my house right now and pick it up. Oh, I still have it. Interesting. They still, they still just, have it. Just yeah. still sitting there. Yep. Yeah, like a like a collectible in uh, in in writer's room, just sitting on the desk. That was pretty. That was a good reference, right? Yeah, that was great. Well done. <laughs> All right. So how do we want, how do we want to tackle this? So we we've li- we've we've laid out how we feel about the game and our experience with the series. Um, do you guys want to get out the good stuff first and then move in? Because I, well, I have a lot of reasons I'm, I'm why I think the game is trash because of the stuff they didn't do. But we could possibly save that. No, we could say we could save that. But like I said to you guys when we were talking about this, or we were in our kind of instant message discussion, every time I think of something good about this game, I say but immediately afterwards. Sure. And I think that's that's where this game ultimately falls down. Oh, do you remember the, the time when this happened? But straight away but, afterwards, you went back yeah. into doing this. And uh, I'll, I'll start talking specifics in a bit, but the I don't know where you want to, where you guys want to start off, but do you... So I bought, the, I bought the game on sale. I didn't buy it on launch. Um, Keith, you bought it straight out of the gate. You pre-ordered it? So did you oh, yeah. did you experience any of the like the weird glitches that were floating around the internet pre-review period? Absolutely none, um, and I think that's because I'm not part of the EA access scheme, and it's one of the reasons why I said EA. Uh, last time I was on the show, I said to uh, Evan, EA screwed the pooch on this one, and they've been doing it with their EA access scheme. If you release something bad on EA Access, right. there are enough people out there who are going to absolutely slate you online that it's going to tarnish the reputation of the game when it comes to the actual launch 
Okay, I see what you're saying. And I think a big part of that, uh, the poor performance in terms of sales, let's, let's clear something up quickly. Mass Effect Andromeda made money. Um, uh, friend right. of Sifted.net, Michael Pachter, um, said that uh, Mass Effect Andromeda pr probably made somewhere around $100 million in its launch window, whatever that, that means. And in, and then other people have said since launch, it's probably made somewhere between 200 and something to $300 million. So it's made its money back and it's made money. It's just, it wasn't a out of the park, massive effect hit. <laughs> I love all these puns. Yeah. We, we, this is going to be the pun episode. Um, <laughs> so when, when it came to me playing it, they'd already patched quite a lot of the bugs out. Um, quite a lot of the yeah. most heinous ones that people had memed anyway, though it was still a very, very buggy game. Um, I remember for Evan, you said the first 10 hours of garbage. The first 10 hours for me were buggy. Oh, Jesus, they were buggy. I remember having conversations with NPCs and suddenly they, they'd be... They'd be talking you'd be talking to an npc and there'd be another npc in the background doing something like pretending to be at a console putting doing inputs <laughs> and then suddenly the person would just <laughs> float down to the other end of the screen um, <laughs> so, uh, so there, there are quite a lot of things like that it is a buggy game i had i had um missions that wouldn't initiate i had missions that wouldn't complete so See, those are the those are the bugs I'm worried about. Like some of the sillier stuff, where like weird shit happens, like someone's typing on a console that doesn't exist, or I've had a, a, a side mission where I'm talking to someone and they're like wa just walking in place the entire time I'm talking to them. I don't really care about that. I don't really care about that <laughs> stuff. But you can kind of laugh at it. it does, that doesn't ruin my ex experience with with games really. But the stuff that you're talking about, like yeah, not being able to finish a side mission because of a bug, like when it gets in the way of the game. That's when I start getting frustrated at, at, at bugging And the games. amount of clipping in the game is just horrendous. Oh, it is really bad. Like, most of the enemies, if you're in the Nomad, and you want, like, the first time I saw a bug, like this giant bug creature, I'm like, all right, I, I, I you know, pedal to the metal, and I just drove straight through it. And I was like, what? What? There's no hit detection? Like, it, it happens sometimes. I completely clipped through it. It, do, it does happen sometimes, yeah. I, I had one where I, I drove into I drove into a random uh, well we're getting into kind of story rooms now but I drove into a random <laughs> raider in the nomad and the nomad did a flip so almost as if they the physics of the game thought that this one random NPC with a with a rifle was um, a hard object and so I slammed into yeah. it and then just the nomad just flew up into the air. Do you guys? Um... Um... Do you guys build your own characters? Do you like do the the facial Fuck, modeling no. and all that stuff? I was uh, I was very I was handsome model, male shepherd in the original trilogy, and I was uh, I'm about to take a I'm about to take a shit, uh, Sarah Ryder in in this one. She has that constant look in her face. <laughs> one of one of the things as well is that if you if you do go through the sliders on this game, unlike the unlike the original trilogy. You can see that where the effort's been put in. The effort's been put into the best model. Yeah, I tr I tried to make a character, and I played with him for 
maybe 10 hours. And my wife was like, what is wrong with your character's face? <laughs> <laughs> and I, so you can, uh, I forget who you have to talk to on your ship, but you can, you can, um, redo your yeah. face in the middle of the game. Uh, well, you can. Like, see, that, that was yeah. smart of them. It, it makes no sense, but it was smart of them to do that. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's Lexi the medic, and so or it's in her med bay. There's a uh, console or something you can access, and so I switched it back to the default rider, and my wife is like, "That looks so much better. Like you don't look like you're, you know, this crazy ghoulish figure anymore." Well, like unless you're really good and you take like hours to make a character. I I do. I oh do, really? Though. And it just didn't work. I, no, I've seen some decent I it looked, models. I, I thought it looked decent, but yeah, yeah it wasn't. Yeah, I just I usually go default. I just it, can, can it I, bother me if it doesn't kind of look like forward. me or whatever. Just a question. Like, I'd rather play as someone else. What the fuck are they doing there in the first place? You never find out. The I I went through every single option that I could figure out no, you don't. as to all the backstory. I did all of the side missions that I could possibly figure out the, you know, there's the bit where you go into your, your, the, your dad's pathfinder room and you unlock his audio journals. They tell you, they tell you fuck all about why you're there. Right. There is, I, right. I never even went back to that console. Of hints, so I don't even know what he says. Um, and the, uh, even slightest of nods to the original trilogy, whereas coming back to what I was saying before about what's the timeline, um, where you hear an audio recording, it doesn't explain it at all. If you go, if it's you, you, it's oh, funny. Sorry, spoilers, Matt. It's funny it's that really you mention it because I, I guess I've never actually run across uh, a codec entry or anything that actually does explain why you're there. I, I just always assumed that it was because yeah. of the Reaper threat from one. Yeah. Sorry, um, Evan, you're going to have to record a, a new intro saying if, if anyone who hasn't or wants to play Mass Effect Andromeda... This yeah, is actually, let's... Can can we just no, get that out of the way? Not. Like, whoever's listening, like, we're going to potentially spoil... Yeah, this game's... Like, yeah. a, like everything. Um, everything about it, so... Um, not that anyone is really going to care. Um, but the the thing for me is I went through all of those journal entries and you get one nod to the original trilogy, which is an audio recording from Liara, who's not the shallow broker. So it's before her. It, and this is where the timeline gets really funny for me. In between one and two? In between one and it two. It must be because she she's talking to the Pathfinder as if she's not the shadow broker. And that's the only nod to the original, but there's no real explanation for why you're going. So I guess it would have been in between one and two, but technically far after three. Yeah. Because by the time they actually get to Andromeda. Yeah, but it would have been more interesting if they'd done something like, if it was between one and two, um, it was almost as if a splinter group of whomsoever um, actually believed Shepard because the premise was at the end of one, no one actually believed Shepard. That was, that was the big thing. Two was the, two was the real revelation. Right, right. Oh shit, Shepard was right. Um, the, I, well, I would argue yeah. that, that they didn't really know until the beginning of three. 
Because yeah. when when the Reapers yeah. attacked, then so it was like, oh the, shit, the, it, he was what right. Would have been more interesting and getting into the realms of what Evan wanted to get to earlier on. It's like what could have made the game a bit more interesting for people is actually there was someone out there who could have been mysterious. It could have been the elusive man. It could have been whomsoever. Um, saying we need to uh, basically rescue the Milky Way. How do we do that? Well, we launch these arcs to an entirely new galaxy to protect against the Reaper threat. But instead, it was this, it was this convoluted, badly framed mystery right. that was never explained. Well, can we also get into uh, how it's possible to do faster light travel without the without the Mass Effect relays? Sure. Go, relays, go, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Get into it. It. Well, no, I, I'm just curious because um, I think I found like one journal entry talking about the um, the type of uh, drive that's in the engines uh, of the Tempest. The hyperlight drives, they're called. Right, but. Um, like there's no real explanation as to like if this does take place or the mission you know to Andromeda took place in between one and two. Why are they still using the Mass Effect relays in two and three then? Yeah. Well, it's like it's like someone put it down on paper and didn't fucking think it through. No, and if if you're talking about law, um. And there's one one thing that I do like about the game is, is the the change up in the combat. There's there's okay caveat myself. The combat the combat Everyone's, is the best I, in the series. Sorry, I'm going to caveat think. myself. And if if people could see this, I look like I've got my hands like a face hug around my face at the moment, and because I'm I'm trying to control my own emotions. Um, the the thing that I miss the most in this game is the power wheel the power wheel in one, two, and three was quite possibly one of the most useful things in that game. And you lose that in, uh, in those games and you lose an Andromeda. If you've got a really powerful enemy and you want to focus all of your attacks on it, you've just got to, yeah, you've just got to luck out that the AI characters. wants to do that rather than actually telling your squad mates to actually attack this person. You you can put your reticle over uh, a single enemy and press like left right him. quick, and then they'll 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 attack they'll they'll focus yeah. on that single enemy. But um, it's, never, it's explained. never really explained. It is though. never explained. The only thing, and I I remember this too. That the only thing they tell you is uh, where you can post people up. So you can like put your reticle over like a chest high wall yeah. and hit left or right, and either one of your squad mates will go to that point. That is the only thing during the tutor- the tutorial where they tell you you can do things with your squad mates so i remember playing this i'm like i remember i used to be able to like direct my squad mates to like use their their, their special powers in battle like they totally took that out of the game and then later in the game i just happened to like hit left when my reticle was over a, a guy and then all of a sudden like uh phoebe P-B. or whatever her name is used like her biotic pb is it pwbw what the fuck are you doing on this podcast yeah, oh, sure. well yeah yeah peanut butter and jelly it, it, Fucking yeah, she she was able to use her biotic <laughs> powers. I'm like, oh, they told they did put this in here. Like, why why didn't they yeah. explain it? Um, I had no, the I had the no combat clue. is better than um, uh, yeah. the others. It's more fluid. It's I I don't I, I kind of think it's the same. Like everyone's saying it's better. I don't 
comparing it to three, I don't know what's well, better. Like it's been a right. long time since I played three, but it seems similar you... to me. No, because three had like ten actions all all bound to the okay. one button. Oh, instead of like each, instead of triggers. And it was very it's very much a cover based. Yeah. It's... it's very much a cover based shooter as well. So this is if you want to get out in the open and it's a lot easier to do it's a lot see easier i, I i've games, always played Andromeda. soldier and mm -hmm. a, a soldier's best bet is to sit behind cover and just shoot everyone from afar like i used i used sniper rifles this entire game and when my when my my squad mates ai was decent enough they'd actually fucking kill like one or two people um and get get out in front and, and possibly you know like getting close with bio, biotic powers or whatever um um how deeply did how deeply did each of you get into um, customizing your characters in each of the other Mass Effect games in terms of like the I was class straight, that straight you soldier play? the entire time very very boring all these powers at my hand like biotics and stuff and uh, I just never used it because I, I maybe to the detriment of the game like I still enjoyed my time but I played this exactly like a even though I had the opportunity to use interesting powers I just used like just whatever like a concussion blast concussion incinerating blast. incineration yeah. bullets or whatever um, called three called three playthroughs three different build outs okay so you've you've experimented um so when it came to this game and um they said oh you can have one character and three different build outs all within one character i went what the fuck are you talking about um because and <laughs> i i can understand in, to a certain degree, how you could do that for, say, a, uh, a certain, so if you pick an initial class, so if you picked a uh, um, engineer class as your initial class, you could then move into soldier, or if you pick soldier, okay. you could move into um, uh, engineer. If you pick biotic or adept as your initial class you shouldn't be able to move into those other categories. You might be able to move into one, but not both. Because, or if you picked one of the base categories as being um, so, uh, a non-biotic one, and I'm going to fucking geek out here badly. Um, the, the, if you look at the law of the Mass Effect universe, biotics are people who have been affected by element zero from birth or pre-birth. What this game what this game basically says is you can choose to be them from whatever point you want. Go for it. Fill your boots. Right. Because you've and the the equivalent of that would be um I don't know, walking up to a med bot in Star Wars and saying, I want to be a Jedi now. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And and that and that's kind of the all right, so like one of the things that's happened with the Elder Scrolls series over the years is the the mainstreaming of it, um, and they've they've gotten rid of the classes as you've as the games have progressed, right? So like in Morrowind, if you selected a class, that's the class you fucking played as for that game. You didn't have a choice, um, and that was why I was curious. Um, I mean, I know Evan, you just play as a soldier, but that was why I was curious, Keith, to see like what kind of class you play as. Um, because that was one of the things that I enjoyed. Um, I did, I think my first playthrough, I was an infiltrator. Um, the original trilogy. My first playthrough was, a, was an infiltrator. 
and then I think I played another playthrough as um, either a Sentinel or um, what's the other Adept mix class? Uh, um, um, Vanguard. Vanguard. Yeah. Right. It's either Vanguard or Sentinel. Um, you know, like another playthrough that I did. But yeah, the the one thing that I think that they kind of fuck up with Andromeda in terms of the classes is you can just pick whatever skills you want. And it's nice to be able to respect your character, but it yeah. does kind of fuck with the lore in a way. It does. It absolutely does. And it, it, it drew me out of the universe. And if you're if you're building on a franchise, you can't have you can't have something that pulls back from the universe that you've already designed. I can understand why why right. they thought, oh yeah, wouldn't it be cool if we if you just wanted to just kind of use force powers well biotic powers over here so no no that doesn't fucking work i'm i'm I'm, I'm, i've played it for 80 hours and you guys have just pulled me back into a pit of mediocreness and i hate you i hate i hate i hate you like (laughs) because i'm because I play the game just so like the simplest <laughs> version of just like soldier, I, I never really even had a problem with like all that stuff. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just going to be a soldier and plug all my shit into being a soldier. So I, that part of it, I was actually fine with. Um, I, the only thing I wasn't fine with in terms of the combat, like it's serviceable, uh, but like the, the, the auto, uh, the auto uh, cover system sucks. Yeah. That's terrible. Uh, because you're never sure if you're in cover or if, if if you're able to be hit or to be shot, I just, I didn't like it. And, uh, Oh, the, the other thing is like, why is there a dedicated button for taking your guns out yeah, the, oh or putting God, them away? Awful. I was like, just make it automatic. Like if I'm going to fight, I'm going to fucking fight. I'm not going to stand there like an idiot. What, it, what, point in that game is it no, necessary you, no, sorry you're not you're not standing around like an idiot you're jogging like an yeah. idiot until you realize that you're actually getting shot <laughs> and you have to jog back behind cover pull your gun out then get into cover and then get ready to have a fight like right. shit even um, even a game like the witcher 3 uh because in the witcher 3 you have two swords one sword is used for monsters and the other sword is used for humans now there is an option that you can manually take out your swords. It's like left trigger for one of the, or left um, button. It's a D-pad, yeah. Left on the D-pad for one sword, right on the D-pad, D-pad for the other. But at least in the options yeah. menu, you can change it from manual to automatic. Why would you do it manually? But at least they give you the option for doing that. Not only that, I can't fucking believe that, number, number one, it takes two button presses to get into the map in a game where you are constantly trying to figure out where the fuck you are on these new planets that you're mapping like you're essentially mapping a planet right (laughs) two button presses not only that it's the option button which is the worst button of on a controller in the history of controllers that button barely fucking works it's too small it's not raised enough outside of the controller i'm constantly fumbling you know you know it would have been nice if i could push down the giant fucking touchpad and access my map. You know what the touchpad does? It puts your guns away. That's all it does. It's like, are you out of your fucking minds? Like, you could play this game for five minutes, and you're like, they couldn't do anything right, because if they dedicate the touchpad to putting your guns away, 
all bets are off. Everything in this game's fucked. So like, it's just it's just one of those things where like I I don't understand why they did that. In terms of in terms of planetary exploration, um, one thing that I think they let themselves down on as well is building on um, what happens with the first planet on EOS. So you get to choose on the first planet, do you put down a military base or a science base? And they never go back to that, do they? But then, right. And there's some fallout from that, but then you go to the next planet and there's nothing. And I thought that was, they were going to follow through with that mechanic. So I was, I was going to... Why myself. even introduce it? Why even introduce yeah, it? Put, I thought they were going to put down your science base on... For me, I was going to put down my science base on the first one. So, hi, we're here from the way. We're not here to take over. We're not some military superpower here to usurp um, the, your galaxy, even though there's only one sentient species in the fucking galaxy compared to six in the Milky Way. Um, where are the fucking people? Um, and, and anyway, I'm, I'm skipping forward. Um, but then you get to, you get to well, the second planet and there's, the, there's the nothing. Argument, you get to the third planet and there's Yeah, nothing. the argument could be and made that I you're thought in that you, you would end up with this situation where you end up, if you go military expansion throughout the whole thing, that would affect the story. But it was, it was only the first, first location. Right. It had no okay. real impact on what happened throughout the rest of the game. Which which leads me which leads me to believe that they wanted to put that in, and for whatever reason, they never finished the idea. And this is actually going to get into why I think this game is trash for what it didn't do. Um, and you're thinking about like, well, what is this game about? And I think it could have been like an awesome, like basically giant Star Trek episode about colonization. Like that's the Pathfinder's main job, and they like barely touch on some of that stuff. So. Yeah, Keith, what you're talking about, like estab- uh, the initial establishing whether it's a science or a military base uh, is immediately abandoned and becomes meaningless. And I'm thinking, well, like, how could they have s- fleshed this out a bit? And uh, I started thinking about possible side quests. So I thought it-, it should mean something like you are the pathfinder. It is your job. Your number one job is to get people off the arcs and onto these uh, uh, planets. That is your job. So you need to start making hard decisions and because there's no Paragon, uh, what whatever Renegade. it was called, Renegade system, this could have been a an interesting uh, play on that way to yeah to make to to make hard decisions as the Pathfinder, and they never give you any hard decisions to make. And I thought that that would have been the most interesting way of figuring out who you are as a character and what kind of Pathfinder you're going to be. And for example, I was thinking about a, a side quest like. Uh, you know, initially establishing a, a science or a military base has consequences when, uh, like, for example, a, a colony of aliens won't negotiate with you because you've ruined your passive rep, rep, like, you know, reputation by choosing more military bases than science bases earlier in the game. And now you have, like, one less planet to colonize because they've, your reputation in the, gal- in the galaxy has been hurt because they, they see, they're like a pacifistic, a colony of aliens and they've heard you've been establishing military bases on all the other pl- planets unfortunately there's only one there's only one real uh native species in the entire galaxy which is the, which is the, yeah that's also fuck? it's also a stu- it's also a stupid thing it's another dumb thing yeah oh, and then like it's, it's kind of, okay they're they're being invaded by another external force which is the cats and there's no 
uh, okay, their, their motives are unclear right. to begin with, and you must uncover what their motives are, but what are your motives at the same time? Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so annoying. But, like, <clears throat> going, going uh, a little back into the science military outpost stuff, uh, like, what about, what about this? What about on one planet, uh, the aliens immediately turn hostile, and you need a certain amount of military out- outposts uh, around the galaxy before you can rage a war with them? Or if you have a certain amount of science outposts, you can change their mind without killing them. Uh, but maybe like wiping them out was a better. Yeah, yeah, that would have been really interesting with the 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 Rokar, um, who were the the militant arm of the. Um, oh Christ, I've forgotten the name of the native Andromeda. Race. The Angara, yeah, yeah. Angara. Um, um, it would have been good if you could have, said, if you could have built yeah. like science units everywhere. The the road car would have been uh, less problematic, or they would have just been a, sure. a difficulty on one planet or something. Um, they they missed they missed the trick on the kind of dynamic story storytelling stuff. Um, and and this that could have also tied into like making things easier for you. Uh, in the game, for example, like uh, the, the the planet scanning mm. stuff, it's like the most useless time-wasting thing in the entire galaxy. It's mostly loading screens. And I've actually been to star systems where I've scanned every planet and there's been nothing <laughs> there. Uh, so, yeah, but, well, yeah you, but you get a, you then get you a might meter. have gone back after a side quest somewhere Fuck else that. and then found that there was something yeah. there that you missed the first round. And that's something else that pisses me off about. Is you, 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 there's... You could end up on one planet, complete a side quest, but to complete the side quest, you have to leave the planet, but then you need to go back down to the planet to continue the main story missions because you've got no other available side quests. Why the hell do I yeah. need to leave to then return? And it... Right. So what if like you, there was an incentive to establishing science outposts, so... Like, how about if you had chosen more science outposts, you could send them to various places in the galaxy, similar to, like, the strike missions. Uh, but what was the point of that shit anyway? So They got me a trophy. It's, so think about that. Like, it, 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 So if you establish yeah, science out, outposts, strike missions uh, maybe to, to go to uh, star systems where it's not necessary the, for the Pathfinder to go so you can scan and collect resources, like, that's not the fucking Pathfinder's job. It's like instead of making upgrades that like yeah. a completely menu based, uh, like waste of time. It's like oh no, if you establish science outposts, they can go scan stuff for you and bring the stuff back. The pathfinder doesn't need to be doing that shit. Like, but so there's no incentive, whether it's military or science. They like never built that out, and they totally could have connected that stuff where it affected the way that the aliens treated you if you moved to like by your third planet. You know, your reputation could have been more science-based or military-based and that affected how you were able to negotiate with the indigenous species you know of of said planet but none of that stuff worked out uh they definitely i'm, I'm conscious we we've talked over matt yeah sorry go ahead matt well no that's fine i was gonna say they they definitely try to play that up when you've because i remember the first time that i got to that point in andromeda i was like oh my god this is a serious decision you know um yeah, the fact that it never actually amounts to anything is kind of sucks. It's a massive um, missed opportunity. Yeah, because I did. I went with science. Um, you know, one of the things that I love about Mass Effect is the fact that it's kind of like um, a nice melding of Star Wars and Star Trek. Yeah. The the way that they've you know gone about it. 
And I was like, well, that's, I, I got to go with science because I'm Federation. Even though I tend to play a, a renegade character. Okay. Um, but yeah, like you start thinking about it. It's like, well, wait a minute. This is, okay. I am the Pathfinder. My job is to find a home for these people. Like, well, that could also be like, well, you need to protect your people then. Military base. It's like, no, I need right. to establish a precedent of how I'm going to be viewed uh, how we as a as a as a outsiders are going to be viewed so science is the best so yeah in the beginning you're like okay there's something going on here and then they just immediately throw it in the garbage i think i think what happened i think what happened was the fact that they only got the two additional races into the game you know like the, i'm sure that the scope was much larger and this game probably would have taken 10 or 15 years to make if they had been able to actually develop it the way that it should have been but the fact I that, want to get onto some of the problems that they've had in a bit, yeah. To the but, the development of the game, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's actually disappointing. Like, I would have been perfectly happy if they had cut down the number of Milky Way races to, you know, maybe just like Krogans, Turians, and Saurians. Whatever, take them, take them all out. Who gives a shit? Like, I. I, we've told I, I that don't story. even think like they, they need to be there. They, to they fleshed but... out the backstory a bit more and said, "This is between, this is between Mass Effect One and Two, and this project is being funded by Cerberus. The elusive man is behind this, and this is a human-only project to save yeah. the human race from extinction. If Shepard doesn't um, succeed in killing the Reapers, or." possessing them or whatever you wanted to do in Mass Effect 3, that would have made total sense. Then you could have had a more interesting story in Andromeda. You could have had more different races, um, uh, species of alien to to encounter. But it was almost as if there's, oh, we can't get rid of the Turians, we can't get rid of them. But then as soon as, they, as, soon as you get off your ship, you're encountered with raiders. Who are from the uh, who must be from the arcs? So, but these but these people have been vetted to see whether they should be going. Yeah. So, I'm like, confused as to why right. immediately when they've reached another galaxy, they've suddenly turned into fucking readers. Well, it's only it's it's only been a year or two. Yeah. So the the, the time frame the time frame between when you reach the nexus and when the Nexus and the other arcs have been there's only been a year. So in a year's time everybody's gone insane, apparently. Yeah. And this is where I think this game is trash like absolute trash because it, it it missed an opportunity to tell a unique story in the Mass Effect world. And in the beginning of the game, they really build up this idea of like uh mission number one is to <clears throat> find homes for these people. We are tasked with colonizing this new galaxy. And, you know, it's like, a, yeah, like I said, it's like a Star Trek episode. Like this game is really in the beginning, it builds up the idea of like, you know, imagine, imagine having to travel to, to, you know, possible colonizable planets to find interesting stories and negotiating with like a vast array of alien species. And then that's where the hard decisions come into play of how you're going to play as the Pathfinder. And then when you get to that opening scene where uh, your ship kind of explodes and you're, you're your crew is kind of scattered about on that like planet. That's like, I don't know. There's like, uh, like a giant thunderstorm going on. Habitat seven, the ha habitat seven. There you go. So it's like, they build up this idea of like, yeah, like this is about colonizing these planets, putting these people 
in, into habitable areas and like you're, you're going to be negotiating and stuff. Your, your job is not protocol. Number one is like to be peaceful, not, not to fight. And it's like, okay. Or you can kill everyone and sorry, and just take so over. They, they build that up when you're on the Nexus and immediately throw it out the fucking window. When the first race you come across is the Ket and there's two Ket, uh, soldiers and one of your, one of the, one of the crew is, is leaning up against, you know, yeah, the, you don't the, have a choice. The, you have and you shoot. don't, and you, you even put your hands up in the beginning. You put your hands up. You can take your gun out, but there is no choice. You have to fight them. So they immediately fucking threw that whole uh, possible premise out the window when you you had you had you had the sh- you had the shoot. I don't, I don't mind that so much. I don't mind that there is a, a kind of blatant antagonistic race. That's fine, but then there. there's nothing. There's nothing else. But then there's nothing else to balance it out. And there's like um, there's two intelligent civilized species in the entire galaxy and instead of like going to an they do they do try to humanize the cat a little bit though well yeah they're they're like they're basically like genetically genetically no, modified one of them it seems like all of the all of the rest of the, all of the there's there's one um oh god i've forgotten what his what his title is um, but there's one cat, and then the rest of them seem kind of totally subservient. The Archon? The Archon. Um, there is no nuance. The Archon is actually quite a good villain. Um, what is he? What is his ultimate goal, though? I, I just like just to 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 to, to turn be... everyone into cats. To it's, exalt. What is this? The fucking Borg? Like, well, basically, yeah. Kind of, yeah. It's, they've just ripped the idea off of the Borg. Um, but he, as a as a villain, the Archon is actually quite good because you you until late in the game you don't know what their motives are. But if you, if you what Evan was talking about is that you the the rest of the cat are just totally subservient. The thing that really bugs it even it even says it in data logs. It's like they shoot first yeah. and ask questions later. They're not they're not interested in even talking. Which, which doesn't make That's sense if you're trying to exalt an entire species of people. You, surely you would be capturing them. Not oh right, they're them. not yeah. Yeah, it kind of it kind of makes sense though. If you're if you're genetically modifying the people that you're bringing into to the race, ultimate like super soldiers, like their job is to shoot like disposable heroes by Metallica. Yeah, but then the the thing about that so. is like, why why did you why did you choose that? Like, they had a they had a an open book to to write ideas, and they like that's what they went for. And I just think it's like. Like fuck the cat. Like I like I like it's kind of like religious. It's like a semi-religious, almost like this cult type aspects to them. Well, we're get, we're getting into the realms of some of the problems that they had with the production of the game and the let's writing do this. was. You know how many times writer says problems. let's do this? Um, <laughs> let's do this. And I, I I put I put in the I put in the notes um, one that they had to Casey Casey Hudson left Bioware. And they had to call him back. He take he'd taken a job at Microsoft, no. and Bioware had to phone him up. And... Are, you, are you talking about Hudson or um, uh, Capersian? Um, Hudson. Okay. So Casey Hudson had taken a job at Ma- uh, Microsoft, and they had to call him back and said, "Casey, could you mind coming back and dealing with this fucking garbage fire that we've got?" Um, and there was a the they went through. Um, uh, map in the note, uh, the article that references this, they, I think they went through about four to- 
pretty much total rewrites of the story. Um, and right. they called um, Drew um, Karpashin, or I'd say Karpashin, you say. I'm not sure um, how to pronounce his last uh, name. Honestly, called, so. Who'd written the first three games and the first three prequel novels back in and said, could you consult on this and give us some advice on where to take it? Um, so I, I find that pretty fucking funny because the first ga- the first trilogy is like the main protagonist, um, something happens and their psyche gets fused with a, something that uh, allows them to control the the ancient alien technology MacGuffin. And then in Andromeda, the main character, uh, something happens and their psyche gets fused with something that allows them to control the ancient alien technology MacGuffin. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? It's the same fucking thing. Yeah. You couldn't there, there, think of anything else. That's, that's what you came up with. That's what you came up with. It's com- that is comical. That is comical. Is it, um, how many? How many? It, how, how, how many, many zeros are on that? Seriously, yeah. Being exposed to radiation. Here you go. I think there's the main thing. Yeah. If, you, <laughs> if you guys haven't read well, the, but it's like it's um, <laughs> the prequel novels. Uh, I'd suggest reading them because they do flesh out a lot around the Mass Effect universe, and. No, no, no. This is from, the, um, so Captain Anderson. It's just everything uh, about a- ancient being alien technology. The first it's human like to be accepted story. into okay. the, or the first human to be possibly accepted into the Spectre, um, and not initiative, but you know what I mean. Um, but he gets thrown. He gets thrown out, um, and it's Captain Anderson's story. He's really fleshed out and takes you right up to yeah, the yeah, start yeah. of. Um, the original Mass Effect game, um, whereas you 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 can tell from my reading of those three books and the playing of those three games that there is consistency in writing, there's consistency in narrative, there's consistency in how the side characters play out with the main protagonist, um, there's consistency in how the um, the main antagonist actually antagonizes the protagonist and this that sounds really fucking punty but i'm really sorry but i can't think of a better way to phrase it whereas mass effect andromeda it just seems like there there isn't that same kind of thought through narrative process no it would have it would have been it would have been far more interesting if it had placed you in the position similar to the way that like spec ops the line does um, mm. in that you're the invader, you're the imperialist, and then there should have been a moment in the game where that's all turned on its head, and it's like, holy shit, yeah, we really are the imperialists here. That would have been, yeah, that would have uh, been great. I, I, I think it's a huge mistake. Yeah, I think can, that's this a could have tied in with, like, yeah, just the I'm, overarching I'm, I'm story. I'm conscious of we're shitting on this quite a lot. Do do we actually have anything good to say? Uh, I think we, I think we kind of did. Yeah, yeah I, systems okay. I, I like the combat um, system. That's some of the. Try not to sound too excited, Evan. Is... <laughs> right. The. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, lo- I I really like um, the, some... the little stories that happen, um, like the the interpersonal yeah, stuff. I think the things... interpersonal stuff between uh, Joe and Jal. Jal's a good character. Really good. I like I like him a lot. Every. 
I I love the fact that you can be Captain Kirk and you can you know bang what? everybody I'm actually on the ship. Like that's that that's something yeah, that's something that I think was lost on the old that, games is like when you tr- when you when you when you get into <laughs> when you get into romance options in the old game it's like you have to pick and choose and it's a whole nother playthrough. I didn't bang anyone in this game. It takes too options, long. But, I didn't know how to fuck it. I didn't no, know how to fuck anyone. In, in, did you? Did you? I, I bang. I, in uh, my mind, my, my um, rider had had sex in an escape pod. Um, <laughs> my, my rider sounds like a yeah. condom brand. <laughs> I, lo- I love my rider, um, and and my rider, my rider. Um, also. <laughs> Um, also had sex in that voice, um, my uh, my uh, galaxy view. Ride my galaxy. Um, um, but th- 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 those are th- th- those are the uh, those are the big boys. Yeah. The ga- the galaxies. Um, it, <laughs> it's a, yeah. There's something like There were some quite good set Sorry. piece moments in the game. Um, and I'm assuming they're the stuff that they really focused on that didn't get thrown out. So things like when you when you do make your first choice about what your first base wants to be, and you get that landing sequence right. and all those pods get launched off from the main ship. Um, and I don't know if you, how how much of the side um, questing you did, but on the first planet um, on EOS, if you do the side quest, investigate the seismic activity. You get this one of those giant floating and terraforming space snakes, metallic things just spew out of the ground. And I was, I was just sitting there, just going, and I was just, yeah, that was absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, one of the remnant. No, that's um, they have one of those things on EOS, one of the giant remnant. Yeah, on the, the giant first remnant. One, if you do, if there's a side mission oh, called Investigate the Seismic Activity. I only saw it activity. on the planet with the Krogan on if it. If you do that, that's where the first one is. And I, do, I just went crazy on the first planet and tried to 100% complete everything. And I found it. Um, and I, I got I got the... Oh, you burn yourself I got the gold up. trophy for 100%. Um, which yeah, is insane. All of the I, I 100% of two of the five insane. planets. Like, I, I tried to do my due diligence. I've got a trophy that Evan hasn't. Fuck you. Um, yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, good, good, good stuff. Uh, I liked, like, I think the side quests in this game are fucking absolutely awful for several reasons. Uh, but, but starting, starting this conversation about side quests, I did like the Krogan side quest where, um, you go to that desert planet and there's kind of a scuffle at the, at the top and they're trying to figure out like, who's, you know, like there's, there's going to be some sort of coup d'etat or like there's your soup, your super, and you get to side with one or the other. Like that, that like that, that was, that was quite interesting. Like, yeah, that's, that's quite interesting. And then that, that comes back around as well at the end of the game about who do you want to be in charge of the Andromeda Galaxy, when you form a kind of yeah, it's like big deci- like big decisions as the Pathfinder. Like that's the type of stuff I wanted to see more of. And and most of the side quests were like you saw what one thing I that I hate about games if you can immediately see the skeleton of the game, how quickly you can see that. It's like you get to the planet. Right. It's like okay, 
Um, there's like the the Nexus IKEA IKEA esque like prefab buildings. There's the Ket buildings, and then there's like some other stuff. And so on every map, they just kind of plop those things around, and it's like every, every... They, they, they don't plop them around. They you you drive up in the Nomad, and suddenly they just pop out in front of you. Oh, that's that's also <laughs> true. Yeah, that's it's fucking. I, I've actually gone somewhere, gotten out of my uh, of the Nomad, and gone up to it, and then I've seen enemies like cat just like populate it in front of me, and they start shooting. But it's like you you go to these prefab locations and. You kill whoever's there, whether it be raiders or ket or whatever. And then every mission is this, every side quest takes place in these locations. It's like, find the body in the location and scan it. And that'll go back to some sort of side quest or find a data pad, collect five of those. Now get in your back in your nomad and then find like the next random location. And it's one of those handful of side quests, but it's the same thing. There's nothing unique about any of those specific locations. They just thought of five different types of side quests wrote stories for them but the way that you 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 progress in them is by yeah. scanning five bodies or collecting five data pads or you know what i mean it's just like none of the side quest stories are interesting there, there are there are some some things that lead you into some interesting places um but it takes some effort to get there and that's the thing that pisses me off so if you've got the the final payoff for uh, one side quest that I spent far too long wandering around the what's the toxic element of the planet that's, that's on the Krogan bit where you go down in the lift and there's the toxic part of it and you've got to cleanse the toxic area anyway who gives a shit whatever and, insert like this planet's too too hot this planet's too cold this fucking porridge is just right. It's like it's it's the same thing across all of them. It's just like poison planet, ice planet, yeah. fire planet. Um, but yeah, it's um, like the the, pay, it's, it's the payoff for me after spending probably at least two two and a half hours searching for this freaking one outpost and talking to two people was a a, a subtle nod to DLC from the second game around. Um, uh, controlling the um, the geth. So that that that's my that's my payoff. Is it you kidding me? Is it, can I can I kill you now? Yeah. Oh no, I can't. Even... That's garbage. So you were sent here by Cerberus <laughs> to continue the experiment into controlling AI, and I'm pretty sure in at least one of my playthroughs of Mass Effect 2, I killed everyone uh, for doing that. And I can't, I can't even draw my weapon right now. Uh, okay. <laughs> even though there's a dedicated button to do so. Right. Um, I just, like, yeah, I remember I went to a side quest on the same planet, the desert planet with the Krogan. Yet you find out, like, right when I touched down, I just got in the Nomad and I drove around. And then I found this location where, like... Uh, they're, they're talking about this person, like, oh, like, uh, infiltrate her her room to find a data pad and then to find the location of this cave. And you find out the planet has a shit ton of water. She's just, she's hoarding it all for her people and not for anyone else. And the funny thing is, is she, you're supposed to meet here the second you touch down on the planet. So this person that they're talking about, like, I didn't know who she was. And so I find the water and she shows up and there's this dialogue where i'm like 
do I agree to keep the water a secret so she can hoard it or tell her, no, the water should be for everyone. It's like, fuck her. I don't know her. I never even talked to her yet. (laughs) But that's, that's what happens when you have an open world where they don't direct you towards specific people before setting you out into the bigger, the, you know, the bigger open area. So it's like, she was totally meaning meaningless to me because I, I hadn't talked to her before that. And apparently like there's a lot of dialogue if you before, actually meet her. But before we allow Matt to speak again, um, I, <laughs> the, I, I only just, before, I only wanna, before continue. Only before I just want to throw something out there again, which is uh, Liam Costa is a shitty character. He's a prick. He's quite possibly one of the, the most annoying character in any Bioware game I've ever played. I said this last time I was on the show. I'm going to say it again. Um, I wish I wish I knew the depths of his his uh, prickiness. prickiness because yeah, no, he's he's pretty shitty. Um, yeah. um, but his side mission is quite possibly one of the best ones in the game. Um, it's just I yeah, I didn't even bother to do his he, side mission. I walked in on on him and draw push ups or something. Uh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. like half naked. The I was like, all right, I'm done. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're like they're like building weapons and they're like half naked. I'm like, okay, um, Overlord. Yeah, Overlord, Overlord is the DLC. That, that people, sl- people slated yeah. that. I quite enjoyed it. I I liked it too. I remember when I played two, I had the um, well, I had the PS2 yeah. version, so it, it came with all the DLC or the PS3 version came with all the DLC and I accidentally got involved in that. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't escape now. Like I'm already, I'm in this DLC. I got to finish it, you know, but um, um, yeah, go ahead, Matt, whatever, you're, I don't, everything we I don't know what else I was going to add to your conversation. I mean, you guys pretty much covered. Um, okay. Let's, let's move into the characters, uh, side characters. I, everyone, but Jal is like, totally unmemorable um and then i think back to like man do you remember fucking mass effect 2 like just the way that game starts out you're dead and you're 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 brought back to life by this corporation and it's like all right we believe you now it's your time as shepherd like you've earned your stripes you got to go around the galaxy and kind of collect a ragtag team of, of of people to to get the fucking job done and so you start going to these places and 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 going to these interesting or into these interesting stories to get to recruit people into your party do you remember garris what a fucking awesome introduction to a character yeah it's like one of the most memorable ones ever like you go to that you planet, didn't know you didn't know that it was going to be him either no you didn't was kinda, just like yeah. some dude has been like walled up this in this crazy building. crazy sniper yeah you know it's like the it's sniper in the tower who is able to take out a hundred troops and no one can get to him type of thing it's like he's running out of resources He's weakened, but we this giant team of mercenaries can't get close to close to this guy because he's well, a fucking badass. Not only that, you're already you're already working for Cerberus, so you're already kind of working for the bad guys, depending on your perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got to work with these dirty mercenaries as you know a, a Cerberus agent. Yeah, yeah. Like how interesting was all all it's and they build up this guy that you don't know who he is and. You just hear these stories about him. It's just like the introduction to the character before you even see him. You know he's a good sniper. You know he's a badass. He's been holding off an entire, you know, like a small army for days on end. And then when you meet him, and then the mercenaries turn on you and you get into the scuffle. And it's like, hey, do you want to be part of my team? It's like, that is a character introduction. 
that is an awesome character introduction. Oh, you don't get can, any of can that. I throw, can I throw something in? Is it even even the kind of non the non playable characters? Where is the Aria? Where, where, where's Joker? Where's the you know? Who cares about the yeah. the two fucking people on your show? I never even Slary talked to them. Well, all right. Did you guys both do the um um the quest where you're on the Tempest and you have to find out why it's like so many kilograms heavier? Yeah, or... I've done I've done all of that. I, I didn't do any yeah, Tempest. It, some of it is. I know I know where Matt's going with this, and it it really is. If you're if you're if you want to dive deep into the the kind of backstory about where this is going and um, the conflict between the Salarians and the Krogan, there is stuff in there that you get from talking to the pilot that is really interesting. But you've you've got to go digging it's, for it. It's crumbs. It's crumbs. But y- yeah. So what? Okay, so yeah. man, I'm not. I'm done playing this game. So like, what happens with that side quest? Um, well, basically you just have to, um, you go through and you scan different areas of the ship and then, um, you discover the person that built the ship had left a message, um, for whoever makes it to the Andromeda galaxy, basically. Yeah. That's, that's the payoff. You, so basically the reaction that you've got now, putting your head in your hands and thinking, is there something more important going on? Is there a fly in the room? Yeah. That's, that's the payoff. Um, can I just say as a side note? Uh, if your game is really like text heavy about lore, they need you need to be able to play those audio files while you're wa- running around the world. Oh, this was all done in speech. Like, e- this was all. Um... No, uh, yeah, I'm just saying yeah. total, total, not even tangentially related. Total, total side note. When 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 you have so much shit going on, and like, I I'm playing a fucking video game. I don't want to sit in a menu and like slowly read. Who the cat are? Who is this person? What's on this planet? Like, I should be able to play that audio file, like in Metal Gear Solid Five, and just because you spend so much time in the Nomad doing nothing but traversing like big areas of expanses, big expanses. Yeah. It's like, why can't I choose an audio file and just put put play and just listen to that shit? I would list. I would listen to it. I would listen to all of it. But when you put it all text based, it's like I, I don't want to read a fucking book. Like I want to play a video game. And you should give me the option to do that. And, you know, like, uh, you know, Bioshock did that. Metal Gear Solid Five did that. They, they, they gave you exposition while you were in those areas where there wasn't necessarily a lot going on. You know, I just wish they would have done that because there's, there's some interesting, interesting information in some of those uh, air, menus. Codex entries. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, in, inside the codex, codex entries. And I wish they would have done something with with that can, can i ask a, you guys a kind of fundamental question which is w- would you ever recommend this game to someone absolutely not um yeah i would who would that be you'd have to be a diehard mass effect fan who is willing to forgive it for the obvious would they have not played it already that's what that's the, bit, might not have. that's the bit that gets me is because I, I am that person. And if I'd left it until now, I think I would have just left it. If I hadn't been kind of diving in early and left it as long as you have, Matt, I, I don't think I would have done it. 
I mean, I keep going back to it. Like, I'll finish the game eventually, I think. Um, I, I don't know. I just really don't care that much about the Cat of the Archon or any of that. Any of the, the, the overarching, like, you know, pressing plot. Like, none of that shit really matters to me. Uh, and I think that's the biggest problem that I find with the game. Because I love, I love the little morsels and I love the, the character interaction and I love, you know, the stuff, the combat is good, you know, the overall plot though. And the fact that there's only two races. Yeah. It does mean as well. Cluster that bothers me. And, um, it's yeah. And then that's the only reason I haven't finished the game because it, it's just not enough to push me. To get there to is that a point. big yeah. twist, which I hope you like at the end. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil is, it for anyone. Is there? Well, I don't think. I don't. I don't remember there being a big twist. Well, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. I don't, I'll, we, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, share. It, I'll share it with you offline. But I don't want to spoil it for Matt. He's not there. And okay. Maybe when you finish it, you can tell me if it's a big twist or not. Yeah. Um, it's uh, one of these things where, like, you you see the structure of the game. Like, you go to a new planet. There are some. There's just a bunch of side quests that are the same on every planet. Uh, activate the three beacons to get to the main area, what the main temp, remnant temple or whatever you want to call it, to, to push the button and, and make the air breathable. And it's in rinse and repeat for five for five planets. And then it's just like yeah. immediately you see the, the skeleton of the game instead of like being interested in the characters and, and all these other things. You're like, okay, yeah, go here. All right, checklist, checklist, check. It just becomes a big checklist. And that's not once you start seeing the bones, the skeleton of the game, it's just like, it doesn't, you just, you just, yeah, you're just going through the motions at that point. Um, I'll, I'll throw out a side note and then I'll, I hope you guys don't mind too much, but it's getting a bit late for me. So I want to wrap, but sure, the sure. crafting, what the fuck? Those menus are awful. I, yeah, I mean, I got into it a little bit, but I started to ignore it because it didn't really affect the gameplay at all. I never felt like I got any benefit out of crafting new armor or weapons. I, but the, the crafting links back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of the law. The N7 armor has boosted your biotic powers, but the N7s were all soldiers and not biotic. So it kind of it's another thing that undermines the lore of the story. And it's just like, no, see, I, I totally doing? missed that because I didn't even I didn't even bother. I was like, what do I need to craft N seven armor? Not I crafted so a, I give yeah. a shit. Go ahead, go ahead. Man. And like the stuff and the stuff that I did craft didn't give me any tangible or um, noticeable benefit, right? Like. Yeah, I mean, like I, I was like, I got the matlock. Uh, rifle because I was like, oh, you know, mm. I remember this from two and three, and I really like this weapon. Doesn't feel any different mm. than the Avenger. It, yeah. it, it feels from, the same. from my point like, of view, I, uh, because I bought the um, digital deluxe edition, I got all the high level gear straight away, so I never felt like I needed to craft anything. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, that a lot. That's that's a big no no. Where that's where yeah, the, that's disappointing. The extra the pre order stuff can kind of break break the game progression a bit. I, I craft. I did a, a bit of crafting. I crafted remnant armor, and then I just tried to put all of my materials into there. But the whole crafting thing is like, too many things can be crafted. Too many materials can be put into in, are required, but too many are materials required, can yeah. be put into everything. 
So once you craft something, it's like, oh, but I could have used that those crafting materials to upgrade the no, the nomad. Oh shit! Now I got to go out and collect more materials, and it takes too yeah, many materials to upgrade. Busy things. work. Where so it's like it's 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 it takes too long. Well, it would. It would be di- it would be different if you had more opportunities to collect those materials, but that stuff doesn't present itself. Uh, it's not like it's not like when you're just roaming around a planet, you can just like, oh, here's some of that, I'll pick that up, or here's some of this, I'll pick that up. No, you don't. You don't really so it just becomes kind of a chore. And the 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 menu, like I have I have a huge problem with like overly complicated menus. Like the whole thing is to naturally draw the eye of the player to the most important information on the screen. And then from that bit of information, what then lead their eye naturally uh, on a path through, you know, to, to whatever is important, you know, in, in order one to 10. And in this, in, in, in then you, this game, the way the right, menu is right. designed, it's got like the half circle, like on left, right. And you just, there's so much shit on the screen and none of it looks immediately important. Your eyes just don't know where to look and it just becomes so overwhelming. Yeah. It's just like need, needlessly, uh, busy busy menu systems and that's one reason i didn't like doing the crafting because this the screen itself is just a bit like it was just a bit too much right can i can i ask you guys a question do you um bioware said last week might have been the week before they're not finished with mass effect i hope not i hope to play another game i can't see it as much as i i as much as i like they need to scrap i don't know what plans they had for the this possibly being a trilogy but i think they need to fucking just start over i think it's they, the, the well has been poisoned because they didn't introduce a meaningful story or i like jowl in, in terms of new characters but the ket could go and uh, yeah i don't i don't know what they do but i'll always give mass effect a, this is one strike against a great series so i'm i'm there I'm for whatever else they do i'm wondering if there's place in the series in the original trilogy timeline for you to stick another game in there somewhere. But there's enough, there's enough law and there's enough interesting characters and factions for you to do something. It's just, they, they need, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like if they just scaled it back, right. So like the original trilogy was this, you know, the galaxy ending event was eminent. And that was what you were stopping. If they just scaled it back and made it more of a personal, if they just made it more of a personal story, um, and maybe slotted it into um, somewhere in the original trilogy timeline, I think that would, I would be, I would be for that. I would be interested in that. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. It's kind of like when we talked about Octopath Traveler. Like, not every JRPG has to be a story of like eight chosen characters that are are bound together in order to stop a cataclysmic event, you know? And they all it, have amnesia and, and they're they, all teenagers. Yeah. yeah and then what <laughs> and then and then one of them actually remembers that they all know each other. He just forgot to tell them. <laughs> it's the fucking worst like plot twist ever. Like I know you like Final Fantasy eight, but I thought that yeah, was, I was so gonna say, dumb. It's <laughs> good shit on eight. Yeah. Right um okay so uh, uh, no go ahead. I was gonna throw you an idea for a side quest that I thought about um all right so like i just got so annoyed that there's not really that many interesting side quests when it came down to like because you're a big there, you're a big start right, so no go ahead go there, ahead there there is interesting side quests they're just not um 
they don't require a lot of like interactivity. Okay, I just yeah. So like, story wise, they're okay, interesting. Yes, but but they're not. They're like, oh, go here, scan. Does it does it include a lot of button. text reading? You know me. You know me, Matt. I can't. I yeah. can't focus. I'm not accessing fucking emails to find out what the fuck's going on. It's not. It's not happening. <laughs> Which there's a lot of good shit in the emails too, because like you get stuff from Jaw and you get stuff from uh, Cora and. Um, yeah, all the stuff from Cora that's like related to discovering the Asari arc. That's, and that's all the that is. that's the only reason I did Cora's side quest is because I wanted to hit all the arcs or at least try to find the lost arcs. But um, right, right. Okay, so, but like, I just keep going back to like this game could have been like a series of Star Trek episodes where like you're exploring new it planets been, and negotiating yeah. like. Because, you know, like in Star Trek, they go to a new planet and they have to figure out, like, what's the culture about? Who are these people? What's the problem? Where do we fit into this? Where are the the outsiders? Like, we can't be mad at them for not trusting us. We have to earn their trust or complete a task to become their friends or or solve their problems. Like, each planet could have been that type of interesting thing. And they just didn't do anything with that. So I was thinking of one possible side quest. Uh that could be kind of like a Star Trek episode. So for example, you go to a planet and one of the, there's a, there's a colony there of humans and they're going hungry because they're shit at foraging and hunting and gathering on this new planet. And so they start, they start yeah. eating this kind of like very docile, let's just, let's call it like a domesticated alien horse. Okay. okay. Uh, and then the aliens living there that you, you discover uh, they explain to you that for whatever like religious or ethical reasons, they don't eat that specific animal. But so you're trying to colonize this planet and your people are, are eating this animal, like for whatever reason, like you can't, that this is not good. We do not accept that you're, you're, you're eating this animal. Now as Pathfinder, like you're left with the choice to side with the aliens and stop the colony from surviving uh, or damaging your relationship or... with the aliens by siding with your own people, which can turn and hurt your chances of colonizing the planet in more meaningful numbers it's like i wish they had stories like that yeah. on on the planet that's You're just talking yeah. about british imperialism and hinduism sure sure whatever way you want to put it yeah <laughs> basically yeah. yeah exactly so it's like that's a, well yeah but that's, imagine that's if interesting you, stuff to I'm, explore though but like imagine if each planet you went to had its own uh alien race where you had to figure out all that shit and like be a negotiator not necessarily like whipping your gun out and hiding behind chest high walls to kill raiders and ket in every fucking planet. Like they could have taken this in a different direction where like you had to figure out what was going on. What's okay. What's the culture? Like, who are these aliens? What, what do they believe? What's ethical to them? Like all that type of are, stuff. Are either of you, are yeah. either of you Star Trek Voyager fans? Yeah. You do, you do like Voyager? Uh, I never, wa- I never really watched. Okay. I kind of like, I watched my mom watch Star Trek The Next Generation when I was a kid. I actually haven't watched anything other than the first, just regu- uh, regular regular Star Trek. What do you call it? Sorry. The original uh, obviously, series? Obviously, I've been... Why, why do we even talk to you? <laughs> yeah. Regular... Yeah, you, you can tell I'm a, I'm a fan. I've only, I've only watched Star regular Star Wars and then... The Patrick Stewart Star Wars. Those are the, I just, and I just said Star Wars instead of Star Trek. Please, <laughs> please continue, <laughs> Matt. Please continue. All right. So um, no, I think uh, they could have they could have gone more the Voyager route, where um, 
you know, some of the stuff that you could have done in Mass Effect Andromeda would have been more geared towards like space anomalies and things like they 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 kind of yeah, touched on it with the scourge, but they didn't really do anything with it, you know. Well, the, they didn't allude to it, but it was something to do with the cat, but they weren't in. Yeah, the cat. The, the cat were the one that um, that. Um, is it? Yeah. Is it a lie? So they didn't say why or how. Space or whatever. No, it's some kind of phenomenon. Okay. No, it's so you... something yeah. like a phenomenon. Is that something like phenomenon? Is that a song? <laughs> LL Cool J. It is a song. I'm trying to remember okay. the name of it though. Ladies love cool James. Oh, James? Okay. Jay? Whatever. Lady, um, ladies so love you, a cool J. You, you don't know more... ladies love her. <laughs> yeah. I'm just more interested in Patrick yeah. Stewart and Star Wars. Yeah. The new, the new Sir movie. Patrick just Stewart. Called, you know, like it's solo. You just call it Stewart. <laughs> it's got the, it's just the yellow like Star Wars and then Stewart in the middle. Um, yeah. 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 So. Um, All right. So we should probably wrap it I up. I mean, Keith's got to get to bed. Last, last thing for me is kind of what happens to this franchise if uh, the anthem isn't a success, and what does anthem success mean for something. anthem? Um, I, I, only um, Android Wilson um, will be able to tell us that. Or Patrick Soderling, um, if it doesn't make. I don't know, like four hundred billion dollars. Right. Yeah, I'm. I'm really curious to see what they do with the story elements because that's the one thing that they've touched on that they haven't really shown us. Yeah, I hope there's lore. That I mean, they're of course they're going to build a world with 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 lore, but I just I hope it's rich enough and it's not just like the bare minimum so they can get to all the games of service stuff in it. Like I kind of I don't know. I like I trust them, but. Like, I don't know, because it's a new structure for a game for them. I'm supremely worried for Bioware. I'm seriously, seriously concerned that if the hype that Anthem got at E3 suddenly turns into, actually, this is a bit shit, and the the revenues start falling through the floor, they just become another Mm. burning developer on the heap outside the back of ea's offices i well okay so as long as they don't go down the the loot box hell that you know plagues battlefront 2 um and they don't focus on it as heavily as destiny has with like the different types of weapons and things and if there's enough story there to where like you can play it as a solo player and get enjoyment out of it and complete quests and things, then um, it'll probably be a good game. Um, Yeah. The worrying thing for me is is having followed um, Anthem on Sifted, uh, there was an interview with... Oh, crap, I've forgotten. Um, uh, One of the major publications, and the guy who's the the main game director on Anthem... Said, so what were you doing before being here on Anthem? I said, oh, I was directing multiplayer on Mass Effect Andromeda. I was like, oh, fuck. No. <laughs> I I actually, I like the multiplayer mode in Andromeda. I liked it in 3, too. Um, and when I first when I first got Andromeda, I actually dumped more hours into 
the multiplayer than I did the single player story. Like, cause I, cause I got into the story, I got into the story, and I was like, eh, whatever. But I like the mechanics, you know, I like the, I like the, the way that the shooting feels and like the maneuverability and stuff of your character. And so, I I put a good, at least ten or twenty hours into the multiplayer. All right. are, we, are we all exhausted? Uh, final comment. Yeah, I'm exhausted. Final comment. The animation, the stupid, like weird, creepy yeah. Spider-Man animation, when you when you cl- you have you climb on a ledge and pull yourself up, it 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 looks terrible. Like, I have no idea who made that animation. It fucking sucks. The, you look like such an idiot. <laughs> the, the running animations, but you the look like you're about to take shit. Bad too. Yeah, yeah, it's whatever. And also, I will, I will say the jetpack boost is slightly too short. I wish it was a bit longer. I know you can hover after you do it, but it's just, it's just the it, yeah. I don't know. It's it's like a doing a double jump, but then dropping like a stone afterwards or something. It's just something about it that they just didn't quite tweak, right? There's there's a few times that I've I've eaten it on you know uh, ditches. Uh, or endless pits yeah, because like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't like, like I like the idea it. but they just needed to tweak it a bit but uh, anyways yeah some of the hit detection the catch the catch detection on that so you can you can run up to something and press jump and suddenly you'll kind of awkwardly straddle over yeah. this round object but then this you do a jump a dash and you think you're going to grab onto this perfectly rectangular surface and you just uh, yeah. and then you know, you know what else is really dumb? Is there any there's, is there any indigenous life that doesn't want to kill you? Like there can't be like a fucking like gecko, or like a, a just a bird. Like everything that's, that's and they're on all the, planet, the same. They immediately want to kill you. It what doesn't make any is sense. Going on. All of the things that want to kill you is exactly the same on every single <laughs> it doesn't, planet. It doesn't make any sense. Because they 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 had sl- they had one they had one model for each creature and they just had sliders. Like okay, this guy's the toxic planet. This guy's fucking, uh, fucking slash man. This is Gemini man. Like, whatever. All right, that's gonna do it for us today at Podcast Reload. The, the world's most rubbish superheroes, <laughs> slash man. Yeah, slash man. He really needs to take a piss. <laughs> that's pretty good, actually. Imagine that. All right. <laughs> Coming up to the end of the show, if you want to join us on the show, you can reach us at uh, podcastreload uh, at gmail.com, at podcast underscore, leader, underscore reload on Twitter, at the stand user on sifted.net, giant bomb Twitter, and uh, film star revenge on PSN. That's my, my handle. Sorry, I can't change my name. Ask Shuhei Yoshida. All right, Keith, where can people find you? Uh, goodbyes, Twitter handles, thank yous, any plugs? Uh, I am Keith underscore McWomble on Twitter. I'm McWomble on Sifted. And uh, the only thing I'd, I'd like to mention is the, the factoid on the um, today's notes, which is Keith is awesome. True facts. I don't know who wrote that. Oh, wow. I just, I, it's true. No, I, it was not me. <laughs> it was not me. How many licks does it take? The world will never know. All right, Matt, what about yourself? Plugs, Twitter handles, closing, uh, closing thoughts. Yeah, I'm at uh, Burkoff on pretty much everything. Uh, Twitter, PSN, Sifted. Um, I don't really have too many closing comments. I mean, we kind of touched on everything that I wanted to talk about. Um, I do have some videos in the pipeline, hopefully. 
um, to upload to YouTube, so you always check those out. Are these uh, Burkoff just... drunk plays? Yeah, just me getting trashed and playing video games. Um, I have I have a video of me playing Race the Sun. Oh, I played the game a for a bit. After a full 12 pack and like three glasses of gin. Oh my gosh. Sounds great. So, it, <laughs> I'm reluctant to actually upload it. Um, it's, it's pretty it's pretty horrible. But it might be entertaining for some people. Yeah, that's the point. You know, it's like drunk history, right? Right. <laughs> that's why it's funny. The more alcohol, the, the better. All right. It's one of those things like you have all these ideas in your head and you just can't necessarily get everything out. But I think we've at least have some closure on this game. Uh, I do think a, a final Mass Effect or another Mass Effect game will come out at some point. They're not just going to completely throw the series in the garbage. Like it still has some, some. The name is still there. They can do something with that. Uh, yeah, but like yeah. like uh, Keith said, if if Anthem doesn't do you know four hundred billion dollars, EA may just shutter Bioware, and we may never we may never experience another game. That's so. true. Here's hoping. Here's hoping that Anthem actually does well, and we get another Mass Effect. Another... Well, just remake. Just remake them. Oh, remake you know what? Maybe that's the maybe that's the safer EA, bet. EA doesn't do that, that though. Yeah, they don't just do that. So much. Is it supposed to that hiving off the studios? Is supposed to doing? Is it? Oh, you can go and work on Need for Speed Loot Crate Edition. Is it get them working on remaking Mass Effect? Fuck's sake. Maybe, maybe one day. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for episode 56 of Podcast Reload. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, may all your wildest dreams come true. Goodbye. This is, uh, this is Captain Picard of the <laughs> Star Wars Enterprise si- si- <laughs> signing off. <laughs> Patrick Stewart. Um.